Welcome back, podcast. I hope all of you are doing well and that you enjoyed your Christmas and your New Year's. I appreciate you being here with us for another episode. My name is Jasmine Wonders, and I'm joined by RJ Rome, as always. We're so grateful for all of you that joined us in 2020, and we hope that that continues in 2021 as we have many more guests to come. But before I jump into the episode, if you don't mind, subscribe so you're notified when these episodes come out. And if you can, write us a review. Now, let's get to the episode. All right. So welcome to the podcast. We have Terza Schaefer um, with us. We've spoken with Terza before. Terza, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Well, last time we uh, we were on a time limit, so we ended things kind of early and we had you know a lot more things we wanted to discuss with you. We found you riveting. So uh, <laughs> just give another brief inter- introduction of yourself and then we'll uh, see what's going on with you now. Hi, cool. Um, uh, my name is Tilsa Schaefer. I'm from Germany. I am actually a German, but I lived um, for a decade in the UK, studied there and all that. So um, I found my love for the English language over there. So I'm just working and writing in English. And um, apart from being a spiritual coach, I am also, well, mainly an author and um, mainly in, I write romance, steamy romance. <laughs> <laughs> Very steamy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if you like it clean, don't come to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> is, is there a reason that you write steamy romance or it's just what you like to read? So that's what you like to write? Yeah, it's basically it's the latter. But I also like to take it a step further because, you know, having that spiritual background, I also kind of like to weave messages and um let's say like like healing healing modalities into my writing by um using goddess themes and um you know and and also showing how something um like challenging a mindset like mm-hmm. like how you how you can like maybe do things better okay or how somebody else looks at things uh, like giving a different point of view so I'm writing something kind of deep right now, and I'm trying to get into my head. Do you have any advice for me as far as how to reach down deep and find that spiritual? Because I'm trying to add something like, you know, deep connection into this piece. And I don't do meditation or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to say meditation. Okay. The first thing you should start with. Um, the easiest way to do that would be doing breathing exercises, listening um, very mindful breathing, listening to your heartbeat, uh, concentrating on your heartbeat and just going back to it. Don't, you know, when your mind wanders, um, you will have thoughts, but just let them pass and don't hang on to them. That's basically what it is. So, okay. and you might want to start with a guided meditation. Okay. Yeah. Is there any specific guided meditation you can recommend? Um, in my group creations from the heart space, there is a unit where there is um, like with general info for the members and um, there is a guided peace meditation in there, for example. I do have some on my 
on my YouTube channel as well. But if you buy something, you don't really have to buy anything. Um, there are some really good like music pieces as well and shamanic pieces on, on YouTube. You just have to search for it. See okay. what you like. Yeah, You have to find your own, you know, some people like one thing, others like the other. You have to feel what you're comfortable with and find that and, you know, just make a playlist of it or something. Okay, I'm going to try that. Cool. I was, I prior to uh, coming into this interview today, I was listening to a previous interview that you did where you talked about energy also. And you said that you were writing something sad and a friend of hers kind of emailed you because she was kind of channeling that that sadness yes um absolutely how does one kind of i guess i'm trying to say kind of find themselves enough to be able to do something like that because i imagine something like that is overwhelming i was i'm wondering the same thing (laughs) do you mean my friend who picked up on my emotion yes okay she uh well she is a psychic but she tuned into me you don't you're not not a victim of everybody else's energy. A lot of empaths think they are, but that's because they don't know how to handle that and how to um, willfully still like which which energies can come through and which can't. So us being very close and, and um, having a lot of contact at the time, um, she picked up on that, but she doesn't pick up on everybody else because uh, she knows how to protect herself in that. Mm. That's interesting because I think recently I had a situation happen with RJ and I where we were having a conversation, but I started feeling this anxiety, I guess I could, I could call it. And I, I was channeling something that she was feeling, but I didn't know what it was. So I'm like, what is that? What, what is wrong with you? What's happening? And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I don't think I feel any type of way right now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing to you. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, we, we do, as we are very much uh, led by our subconscious anyway, um, most right. people in this world, um, unless you're a Buddhist monk or something, <laughs> um, who have trained all their lives with meditation and to do mindful thinking and directing their thoughts and all that. But most of us are really led by our subconscious. So um, you might have something going on underneath that your conscious mind is switching off from and you might not be aware of it, but somebody Mm. else might pick up on it. Right. So, yeah. I think when I'm, yeah, and I think when I'm writing, I get very, like, I do get, I shut down and I get locked inside my head kind of. And it's like all, you know, it's, it's hard to like, I don't think I'm projecting anything, but I guess I am. Yeah. But the thing is emotion is energy in motion. Okay. Mm. So the word tells you already, that means energy is everything that we are, everything that's around us, the whole world. And you know, the whole creation basically exists from energy. That's Mm. what it's made of. And it's all at different vibrations. So emotion is just an energy, emotion meaning in a certain vibration. And some people are more sensitive to picking that up consciously and some are not, you know, but it's there all around us and we are are all susceptible to it. The, um, you know, just some people are more aware of it and they can uh, read it better than others. And it's also um, 
it also depends how you're tuned into it. It's, it's, it's like if you think of um, like an old fashioned radio with a dial where, where you turn the dial and go into different stations. So you're picking up on different frequencies and depending on what kind of frequency you tune into, that's what you pick up. Mm. Interesting. So when you two are very close uh, as friends and you're having a lot of contact, it will be by default become that uh, you're more tuned into each other. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) And I mean, I'm just going through the day, like going through the motions too. It's like, (laughs) I don't think I'm projecting on her or, (laughs) I mean, like sometimes we don't even, we're just, we start out a conversation that way and she's like, what's wrong with you (laughs) kind of thing. And I'm like, how do you know something's wrong? (laughs) Yes. um, That that's because you're tuned into each other. So you can feel each other like that. You know, it's like that with close friends, uh, with close relatives, uh, mother and child, that kind of thing. I'm very close to my daughter who lives here as well. But if something major is up with my older children, I will most likely pick up on it as well, even though they're not living at home anymore. But with them, right. it's because we also have more of an emotional distance. Right. Like, you know, um, that's not as easy. But when my daughter, my little one, she's 13 now, but, you know, but she's my youngest. So when <laughs> she's around me, you know, I, I just know. I don't even have to look at her. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought that was mother's intuition. <laughs> I didn't know that carried over. (laughs) Exactly. But that's what it is. You know, you just pick up on the vibes, on the vibration, the uh, the emotions on somebody else. So, um, you know, because when you feel something that is an energy that is in motion, that means by default that is moving. So it doesn't stay contained within you. It always radiates outwards. Mm. Always. Okay, so makes sense. Yeah, so you always have an impact on the world. So if anybody ever thinks like, I don't have any power, I don't have any uh, impact on the world, and nobody sees me or whatever, that's not true. Right. That's good advice, especially for today, today's world. world, (laughs) Yeah, and the world literally wouldn't be the same without you. Mm. So your, your existence is proof of your purpose here on earth. You don't need anything else to prove that you wouldn't be here if you didn't need to be here. I hope everybody thinks like that. I know that's, that's powerful. Yeah, it is, but uh, it's also frightening a lot of Mm -hmm. people because that also uh, puts the issue of self-responsibility at your door. So a lot of people like to, not take on that and, um, you know, give the responsibility either to another person, group of people, circumstances, places, um, some deities, you know, you name it. <laughs> it's always somebody else's fault, basically. Right, and, right. Um, you know, you have to grow into taking on that responsibility for yourself. And that's not always easy. Mm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Like we all wish for that magic wand for some, I don't know, wonderful fairy to, you know, wave <laughs> over our heads and then everything is just so picture perfect, you know, right. but that's just not how the universe works. <laughs> it, it would be nice though. <laughs> yes, right. it will be, yeah, but we have to abide by the law of physics, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I saw that you like to listen to audiobooks. I, I found it interesting because yes. we have some people who really have not like gotten into it. Um, yes, I love audiobooks. Reason being that I don't actually have much time to read to start with because I'm mm. so busy when I'm on the computer working there. And um, so like sitting down is like basically my computer time. Okay. And um, also because last year I had a burnout, which was very severe. I was, uh, I was like mentally disabled. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't think, I couldn't put two string, two things together two packages of information in a right. context or anything like that. So for me at the time, it was very soothing just to hear somebody's voice. Wow. Mm. And once my, my intellect started to resurface again, <laughs> I would like to call it, um, it was, um, it, it was still nice because then, you know, I, I could listen to the stories and just uh, do like housework or go shopping, things like that on my own, you know, and um, just have entertainment because I'm actually a total nerd um, <laughs> and I, I always need something for my head. Mm. I can't just do something and not have something to occupy my mind with. Right. So that drives me nuts. So I'm listening to audiobooks. It's perfect. <laughs> so audiobooks for me, they they just don't do the same thing. I don't know why. I I've listened to a few and it it has a different I, quality. Yeah. Yeah, and it very much depends on um people are very sensitive and susceptible to voices. Right. So um, it very much depends if you don't like a particular accent because you have um, like like an association with it. For example, I I can't I can't stand it when women talk like um, I forgot in high high school musical there was this blonde uh, bitchy girl <laughs> and and she she talked exactly like that. And there there is a narrator. Um, somewhere on audible and she she's done a few things and i just don't like her voice. <laughs> i have that association with it and and it sounds like over the top as well so um that, that's not really my thing so that's my kind of trigger point you know <laughs> i guess i could understand that yeah that's yeah. I, I... I get it. Yeah, it's, it's like a teenager is always chewing gum and yeah right <laughs> And, and, and you've you've actually done you've done some voiceover work, correct? Yes, um, but that was actually not for an audiobook. Um, okay. But um, ha- have you ever thought about doing it for an audiobook? Yes, and it's in the making. But I'm, oh, I'm trying good. to finish my writing my book stuff first, and then go into that and do more. Um, like next year, do more okay. audio. Uh, recordings because also that needs an audio engineer i'm totally useless when it comes to technology (laughs) i'm just so bad (laughs) so um you know but now i've got a friend who's uh whose husband um can do that and um they've offered to to help me with that one so you know and are your books currently available in audio format or is are you no that that's okay. that's the project as well you know okay my own right. books as well as others <laughs> that that's pretty good because i've yeah. heard that that market is really lucrative right now <laughs> it is yeah because um the thing is you know i mean i see myself when i look um through audible to find um you know whatever i like um there's a lot of genres that are not really very well represented there 
So, for example, I write contemporary romance and I love reverse harem. And um, basically, reverse harem is most of the time, not exclusively, but most of the time is more in the fantasy and sci-fi realm, which is not my thing personally. Um, you know, which is cool for Great. those who are, but, you know, that's something I would like to add some more to as well on things. So in, in certain areas, you're probably underrepresented. So last time we talked, you had just redone all your covers. You said you were very particular about them. And (laughs) what have you been working on since then? Any new releases or upcoming releases? Um, Yes, both. (laughs) (laughs) So so I have, um, I've got two series that kind of interlink into each other. So uh, the first one from the Seals in Spain tank, I think I mentioned the last time. Uh, that's yes. a trilogy. There is Dom and Sepp to go with that, but that's going to come next year. And then there's the MILF Diaries, which are Izzy, Ria. Um, the one I'm working on now is Reina, and that will have a guest ex- um, appearance of the Seals on Spain people. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah, so, yeah, so that, that that's going to be cool. I, I mean, when I came up with that one, I, I was just rubbing my hands with glee, and I was like, yeah. That's such a great idea. I was so excited about it, which I still am, but I'm not hopping up and down anymore. So. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I was really so happy about it. That was so much fun uh, when I came up with that. And um, so the fourth book is going to be Sassy. And the last one, and I wanted to finish all that but and have the last one as a Christmas special. Um, but then again, everybody loves Christmas. So if it's a bit late, it's going to be a bit late. And that's it. I mean, this year has been so crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's an so, understatement. Yeah. So the last one, the fifth one is going to be Calendar Boys. That's a Christmas story. And um, after that is the new year and you know, then I don't really have such a time limit anymore. And I hope the energies are more fluent in creative endeavors. <laughs> Hopefully next year is before, much better yeah, for you. I had years before where, you know, I've um, published 12 books in one year, you know, so I thought, oh, I can easily do that, you know. For some reason, things happen this year. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way quite as I planned, but there you go. Nothing sounds crazy this year at all. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When you have multiple ideas for stories like this kind of all at once, how do you determine which ones you put out first? Um, I don't. I start writing. Mm. I start writing and then I see where it goes. So I've actually started on all the three um, books from the MILF Diaries that are still to come. I've already started on them. And I did so when I was still writing Ria and Izzy. So I kind of started writing them a bit parallel. But then, of course, you know, I've I've finished the first ones because they are sequels of each other. But um, they're kind of standalone. But because um, the characters always reoccur, it's always better to you know to read them in sequence of course so you you get the whole full picture of things you know Mm -hmm. and the kind of the red ribbon that goes through the whole uh, series the two two of them so um i um i'm somebody who gets easily bored when just doing one thing so i kind Mm. of you know hop around with everything which sometimes isn't all that good to do but (laughs) (laughs) 
I get it though. I just can't can't help myself, you know. I have to write a bit on the other one. I get get a good idea for a scene for another book, so I just write that one, and you know, and then go back to the former and so on. And actually, when I was writing Ria, um, things happened, and in between in my private life, and that kind of gave, you know, I I got stuck in the middle of it, and um, what happened in my private life had a direct. Um, like a direct effect on what I was writing afterwards, you know. So I got that inspiration at light bulb moment, and it totally took me in a different direction. It was like the uh, characters hijacked the book. Yeah, right. I was like, guys, what are you doing? We, <laughs> we, we didn't, we didn't say that. <laughs> and they were just like running with it. I, I could just sit there and write along as I kind of saw it in my head. And I was like, what are you doing? Mm. so we ended up in a mental hospital oh no (laughs) in the book (laughs) but we got out of it as well so good (laughs) there is a happy end at every single one of my books you know that's a guarantee a happily ever after I'm I'm like a total Disney romance person I'm very yeah I'm very kinky as well but I need to have that Disney (laughs) romance in it the kinky version of Disney. <laughs> exactly, yeah, the grown-up one. <laughs> yeah. Do those two words go together? Yeah. yeah they do now. <laughs> they do. Look at me, it works. <laughs> so so I kind of find I can't, I don't want to say I necessarily can't write two things or more things, you know, many projects at a time, but I find when I first start out when, with an idea, that's when it's at its strongest. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I get thrown off course and another idea comes into play and I focus on that one. And then I get frustrated at myself because I couldn't finish the first idea. It's it's like a constant cycle of ideas versus execution and completion. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. Base. I've got my whole basement full of note writing pads. Oh, my. Okay. So this is, this is normal. Stories. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to write all my life already and you know I only started publishing five years ago but um, I was writing all my life and um, a couple of years ago I started weeding through all that so I think I've gone halfway down uh, the list and I've, I've, I've thrown so much away as well um, wow. I've, I've kept a few things but most of them I'm throwing away because it's just too much and there's heavy energy in it sometimes as well because, you know, at the time I've gone through like major life crises or something. And I d- right. had a very different mindset. Um, you know, I, I didn't know about spirituality properly, how, how like that works with, with the energies and all that. So I imagined myself to be a complete victim of people's circumstances and whatever, you know, so I wasn't, and that kind of reflected in that writing as well. So I can't use that anymore, you know, because I'm way past that point and I wouldn't want to put that kind of energies out. uh, I was just going to ask you that. Is it, you can't get it back after a certain point in your life? Yeah. um, I had one or two stories where I thought, okay, I could use, you know, I keep that and do something later on with, with that kind of storyline, but rewrite it. Right. Um, but most of the time I've, I've really, um, because I've, I've very much um, used my writing as a form of therapy, like other people journal perhaps. And I used, I, I used to write fiction all the time. I, I couldn't do the journaling stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. um, 
that I didn't feel that. So I was just writing fiction. I still do that in between when I feel like I've got a block and um, I need to get something out of my system and it doesn't belong in the book. I just grab my uh, my writing pad and I just, you know, and the pen and that's it. And I just go for it. All right. So I'll just so, keep doing that too, because that's yeah. what's happening. <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah, it's very often it's purging, you know, because you have to get some emotion, something out of your subconscious out, or even just a great idea, another great idea. And you have to write it down at the time, whether you later finish it or not, you know, you can always come back to it at a later date, but sometimes just that you need to kind of let go of those energies and those emotions and right. put that on paper. And then it's also it's better to actually do it handwritten rather than um, typing it. Right. It has a very different quality when you handwrite stuff. I agree with that for sure. I was going to say that must be the level of emotion, how passionate you're writing, your handwriting versus typing. Yes. Um, okay. Very much. Um, when you handwrite, um, I've, I've probably written all my earlier work um by hand and then typed it up later and i've only kind of got used to typing straight into the computer probably with tank tanks where it started everything else i've handwritten and then typed it up later which is very time consuming because um you know when when i'm lying in bed and i'm writing and then i kind of fall asleep you mm. can't read that anymore <laughs> <laughs> so you're like what does that say <laughs> yeah exactly and then you get out you know like uh, your glasses see if that gets you know gets any bigger than and you can <laughs> see it better or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> crazy but um yeah I, I mean i manage you know but it's a lot more work and as i'm a bit under time constraints now i'm trying to put it all in straight away in your opinion what are some of the most important or key elements that a romance novel or story should have? Um, I think the first of all is hope, mm. I would say. The first one is that I always say when you hit rock bottom, it can only go up again. Okay. And um, I've had a couple of rock bottoms in my life, like really rock bottoms and um I've come back from there and I know how bad it is that you just want to curl up and you want to die or something, but you know, mm. don't give in to that. It's really bad at the time. Don't be too proud to ask for help. Right. If somebody doesn't help you go to somebody else, try and find some help to get you through the tough times. And then you will see as you build yourself up again, slowly, that it gets better and it's going to be better and there's going to be joy in life again. There's going to be reasons again that you can then see and feel um, that it's worth making a good life for, you know? So um, I think that's the first thing that um, I personally, I can't read things where people are really suicidal and have a very negative mindset that, um, that really drags me down. So um also talking to people like that, you know, I'm, I'm, um, it, it, it moves me a lot, you know, so um, I don't like um, reading like very dark stuff. 
because it give it gives me personally a bad feeling you know i can't disassociate myself so well from that yeah. so um that's something i still have to learn but um i with my writing i would love to put some positivity out there show that really unlikely things can actually happen and not just on paper but it can also happen in real life things can like fall into place and um you know, totally not according to what you've planned or what you've expected, but then there is something coming out of there that is a beautiful thing. I mean, for us, for example, even the the whole COVID lockdown that we had this year, I was able to bond so well with um, with my children over that, you know, because we had they didn't have so much time to go out and do other things because they weren't allowed to. So we spent a lot of family time. And that was that was really bonding and it really made us stronger as a family unit, you know. So um, whatever you think of, of the whole COVID lockdown, it does have, when you look at it closely, it does have also very positive side effects. It's not just all bad. Is there so. is there some, obviously in the U.S. right now, there's a lot of people full of anxiety with Mm-hmm. what's going on with the elections and everything like that. Is there some mm-hmm. kind of, or like some piece of advice that you could give maybe something practical people could use in order to kind of relieve some of that anxiety, relax a little. Um, uh, turn off the TV and the radio and all that and really go on. Done. You know, it doesn't <laughs> Done. Mean, Yeah. It doesn't mean you're sticking your head in the sand. It means you need to get your own mindset back into a place where you are not so full of anxiety in that, um, that you actually create from there. Right. Um, Because then one disaster after another is going to strike because that's the kind of energies you emit. That's what you're going to get, what you attract. Like attracts like. It's as simple as that. It doesn't mean you have to be on a surface happy and positive mm-hmm. because that doesn't work. You know, it's it, you need to go through very many, many layers, um, deep level healing, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to really make a change in your circumstances and all that, you know, and to get over blockages, certain ones that you have in your life, you know, where you seem like... Um, I, I can't get that right for some reason. You know, I, I know, like, for example, I know my books are good. I'm, I'm a good writer, but I don't sell them. And people tell me they liked it when they read it, but they don't leave reviews. And, mm. you know, for example, something like that, or I can't make money no matter what I do. You know, people don't pay me or things like that. They always want to have something for free. Mm. So that that is something that is going on within you. Okay. And then you have to go inside really deep down and work on yourself. And I'm afraid there is no magic wand. <laughs> right. It takes, it sounds like it takes a lot of time. It does. And it's a work in progress. And, uh, you know, and please don't judge yourself or others on that. Everybody has their own journey. So do you think and- it just takes a certain level of confidence to get past that? Like you throw everything else aside and you say, this is who I am. I can yeah, do of, this kind of, of thing. Co- of course it does, but it, that confidence grows with you practicing it. For example, if you practice, like if people always step over your boundaries and, and you know, insult you or something, for example, and then you start setting uh, 
enforcing your boundaries um and then it's with one person that person reacts very negatively and but you still stand your ground and in the end it was draining but it was good that you said you can only go so far no further and then you do it with the next person and then you know by practice it gets easier you gain in confidence because you feel your own power I can't tell you how real that is to me right now because I literally just went through a situation like this. The person just had so much power over my life. And then I finally Mm -hmm. said, I can't do this anymore. And things are, I feel like things are different now Mm -hmm. just from saying no, the power of no. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh God, I get chills. Wonderful. (laughs) I got chills too. I love that. And, you know, as women, we are so um, subconsciously socialized to like mm-hmm. always be the nurturing one. Well, I was just going to say that I'm a very, I'm a very maternal person. So yeah. I babied yeah. this person for a very long time because I am mm-hmm. I have that mm-hmm. maternal instinct to care for yeah. everybody. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it, Welcome it, to the club. <laughs> I think it was eating away at me, though. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Uh, you know, because um, with adult people, if they're not mentally disabled or something, you have to be on eye level with each other. If not, that's an unhealthy relationship. It's a codependency with or without drugs involved. But, you know, it, it drags you down and it puts you into a position um, where you ba- when you baby somebody who is a grown-up person, you start to resent them, you start to disrespect them. That person feels that that in turn creates resentment, and that's a downward spiral that you don't want. It is you very know? true, very yeah. very true. Everything you just said, mm-hmm. exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that you know, but that's it. That's also that's life experience, you know, and and we as women, and I'm not saying, um, you know, I'm not a feminist who is going around saying men are all bad or anything. I love men <laughs> very much <laughs> in general. <laughs> there right. are some exceptions, but you know, like I could strangle, but you know, you could do that with some women as well. But um, what I'm saying is, we need to find a balance with each other, a very healthy balance. And the uh, patriarchal system that we have in place from these monotheistic religions, um, um, like we, we really have that globally, you know. So um, it's very much that uh, the men have kind of gone up in a very unhealthy way and that hurts men as much as it hurts women you know women just think a lot of women think like men have it so good they don't have it so good Mm. because if if men don't have and can't have empowered women around them there's something wrong in their psyche as well which is not in alignment and in balance so they're not having a happy life right right so we need to um as women claim our power our goddess power that we actually have and then move forward and um you know and and include like with inclusion not exclusion you know include men in that show them how that is by setting boundaries but also by being loving where it is appropriate you know so um and being open and saying, look, you know, we need to talk about this and not just uh, quietly take everything, but stand up for ourselves, but also listen to the other party. I think that's a very powerful note to end it on. Thank you so much for joining us again, Terza. 
It was great to speak with you again. I think we'll never get tired talking with you. Thank you so much. I love talking to you because it's so much fun, you know. Um, we can talk. Well, thank you. Yeah. We can talk anytime again if you want. Great. We will. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, yeah, I totally love being on here with you. So thank you so much for having me again. I'm looking forward to the next time. Yes, for sure. Thank, thank you. Thank you. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next interview with Brooke Gillespie Trout. Until next time. <gasps>